There is an indefinable, mysterious power that pervades everything. I feel it, though I do not see it. Almighty God has only sent one religion, but He has sent many messengers. When He sent messengers who got messages, by the passage of time, the message got changed. With mass especially, God against. The simplistic reductionism, which sees only goods, or evil, or if you will, the righteous and sinners. The first incarnation of tolerance is the opposite of exclusivity, which is inclusivity. This is exactly what it sounds like, a religious perspective that is inclusive of other religions. This is the notion that you may believe what you want while still being accepted by my religion, in quotation marks. This is a very common perspective and the one I encountered the most during my research. Now this was expressed to me in a few different ways which we will explore. This is the perspective that you may believe whatever you want, but you will still be accepted into my version of heaven. The inclusivist maintains the full belief in their own religion, but allows that the other beliefs beyond their own are not disqualifying factors in the eyes of their own God or ultimate reality. And most importantly, that the final result will in actuality be the afterlife that they believe in. For example, a Christian may believe that devotion to God is the path towards heaven, where a Hindu may believe devotion to the Dharmic way is the path towards enlightenment and release from sansara or the cycle of rebirth. An inclusivist Christian will believe that Hindus will in fact be coming to the Christian heaven, not reaching enlightenment. But this can still happen if they take their own path towards reaching enlightenment. The second inclusivist perspective was the viewpoint that each religion has its own beliefs, practices, and morals, to which it must adhere. This is known as religious relativism. Now the line between religious relativism and inclusivism is a thin but obvious one. The difference being that relativism supports the notion that your religion and heaven is right for you, and mine is right for me. Strict adherence will reward us both in the end, while the inclusivist goes a step further in asserting that their religion is most right. However, due to the benevolent nature of their version of God, you will still be welcomed into their afterlife. Here is an interview I had with a Buddhist monk at the Copan Monastery in Nepal sharing his own relativist perspective. How does Buddhism view the other religions of the world? Yeah. We, we look all the religions good, you know? All have is helpful for so many people, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, so, also, we should stay harmony each, each other. For example, there could be so many types of medicine. So all medicines, so many types of medicine, yeah. so it's to, to the different peoples, no? Yeah, yeah. So all the religions are very helpful, Christianity, Muslim, Hinduism, you know? Yeah. So many other religions, I don't know all the names. Essentially the point is made that each religion acts like a medicine. Now he was echoing a point that Dalai Lama made a few years back, when he made the point that you use different medicines for different ailments. There is no medicine that cures all ailments, and there is no ailment that requires all medicines. The goal is simply to find the most effective medicine. This relativist perspective was the one I encountered the most during my research. Many of these people I met cared far more about the importance of morality as it is defined by your own religion than which religion you subscribe to. This was exhibited by the Shintos, by the Taoists, 
the Confucianists, the Sikhs, and some of the Hindus I spoke with. Here's a clip from my interview with the Zoroastrian priest describing the importance that is not which religion you believe in, but how well you believe in it and act within its moral boundaries. Will Christians go to heaven? Will Muslims go to heaven? Yes, yes. You will find all this here. Okay. You know? So yeah. if you do good things, you go to heaven. If you go bad, you go to hell. You know? Yeah. And okay. there is a concept of <coughs> bridge. Chilwat bridge. There is a small bridge. Yeah. So when a soul goes from that bridge, and if he has done good good things, he goes into heaven. If he has done bad things from the bridge, he falls into hell. Now this priest went on to emphasize the role of morality in the soul and denounce the notion that only certain religions have access to heaven. Very similar to these beliefs were the beliefs of the Catholic and the Mormon and the Muslims that I spoke with. Here is George, a Catholic monk that I was able to speak with multiple times during my stay at his monastery just outside of Rome. We all, you know, all these religions, Hinduism, Buddhism... Um, we have to respect. Yeah. Well, how, yeah, so how do you feel about them existing in the world and can they all, is it possible that they're all right, that heaven and nirvana are the same thing? The same thing, no, but uh, the the arm of Jesus, it's always yeah. open. Yeah. And uh, you, he respects all this diversity and you have to respect. But... What you asking me is, will they go in, in, in heaven? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Well, surely they go in heaven. If you were born in, in, in China, if you were born in, in Saudi Arabia, the, the importance that you are, that you are fedele, fedele significa that you are correct with your conscience. Uh, it's not their fault if they they didn't meet in Africa if they didn't meet Jesus. The important is uh, they do what they they do well what they what they feel in their soul. I don't know if I and I no that that explains I I I think I understand perfectly. Um... We can't judge nobody. Who are us? Who is who are we to judge these people? Right. Well, especially if they lived. Very good moral lives. Moral life. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And here's Kyle, a teacher in the Mormon temple from Utah, that I bumped into serendipitously at a cave on the Amalfi Coast. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I believe that. Uh, I mean, I, I have a religion, and I I you know believe fully in in that religion, but I also believe that. Um, you know those those people who uh, live their life um, without um, you know having the possibility to um, to be taught you know my religion uh, and and uh, have the opportunity to accept it um, you know they will be judged at the at the last day or after this life according to the the principles that they've been taught and uh, and the life that you know they live if they try their best to live good life right so so if they do live according to their own set of rules, um, that they they'd have the opportunity to uh, to receive, uh, you know, the the highest form of uh, of you know heaven or, or you know purity or whatever you want to call it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the you know the highest form of, of heaven and uh, glory and, and live with uh, live with God. 
During the interviews, these two men make nearly the same claims of belief as those featured before them, but they added two caveats. The first being the belief that you should live the best life described by your own religion. Unless, of course, you've heard about Jesus, and in that case, you need to convert. The second caveat being that they both stated you will ultimately come to their heaven and be in the presence of their God. Well, I do like this perspective, especially relative to the exclusivist perspective. It also leaves the open-ended question which was not directly answered during my research, which is, what happens if you don't convert? Or what happens if you learn about Jesus and you stick with what you know and love? Now, according to some inclusivists, this is where God's patience ends, and you are now returning to the exclusivist perspective we explored last time. As mentioned earlier, what applies to difference of religion often maps onto an application of difference of other perspectives in all realms of life. Consequently, by remaining an exclusivist and entering any conversation knowing that the person you are having a discussion with is wrong, you've already shut down the possibility of placing any full merit in what they are about to say to you. However, by taking the inclusivist stance, you allow yourself to remain open-minded and accepting of all people's beliefs, or at least the potential of truth that exists within their belief system, all the while remaining faithful in your own belief. In the same way that it is clear to see how problematic exclusivism can be, we can clearly see how comparatively beneficial the potential for holding an inclusivist perspective is. Thank you for listening, and please tune in for the next episode, where we will explore the topic of religious pluralism.